Thank you for that wonderful song. Aren't you glad that God commendeth his love toward us and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us? And what a wonderful, wonderful truth there as we uh, come to uh, opening the word of God tonight. If we can, please turn our Bibles to Exodus chapter 35. and Exodus chapter 35. We'll read a couple of verses here, and if you've got your Bible handy, just... Be ready, we'll turn to a few different places tonight as we get into the Word of God, and just wondering if, uh, oh, Brother Brendan, he got his corduroy suit jacket tonight as well, matching, all right, we'll bring it back. Good to, uh, good to, uh, good to be here tonight, and just uh, glad that we can um, open the Word of God, and a couple of people were teasing me about the fact that I'm wearing corduroy, and then someone said, hey, you know, I've got a corduroy jacket too, and so... There he is, he's just making me feel good tonight, glad for him, but good to see you all tonight. Let's, um, let's begin reading here in verse 5 as we um, get into the Word of God tonight. And uh, Verse 4, just for context, Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. And notice this, whoever is of a willing heart. Let him bring it an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair, and ram skin dyed red and badger's skins and shittim wood and oil for the light and spices for anointing oil and for the sweet incense. And he goes on, and onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate, and every wise hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord hath commanded." The tabernacle, his tent and his covering, his tashes and his boards and his bars, his pillars and his sockets, the ark and the staves thereof with the mercy seat and the veil of the covering, the table and his staves and all his vessels and the showbread, the candlestick also for the light and his furniture and his lamps with oil for the light, and the incense altar and his staves and the anointing oil and the sweet incense and the hanging for the door at the entering in of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering with with his brazen gate, grate, his staves and all his vessels, the laver in his foot, the hangings of the court, his pillars and their sockets and the hanging for the door of the court, the pins of the tabernacle and the pins of the court and their cords, the cloths of service to do service in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest and the garment of his sons to minister in the priest's office. So he gives a list here. He's, he's asking for those who would be willing-hearted to give toward the, the need of the work of God. And we know in that uh, time that it was the tabernacle that was the representation of God here on earth. And so he's calling for that. And notice the response here in verse 20. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offerings to the work of the tabernacle, of the congregation and for all his service 
and for the holy garments. And so there was a response as far as the need was concerned. There was a response there. But what we find here is just this, this, um, this type of heart. And last couple of times we've been on Sunday nights, we've been talking about different types of heart. Last time we spoke about the hardened heart. Uh, previous to that, we spoke about the faint heart, and then it was, I think, a Wednesday night that we spoke, to, spoke about the wandering heart. And we, we see different types of heart, hearts in the Bible. We understand that, that really we ought to keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And previous to this tonight, we've looked at all of the, I, I guess, those things that we ought to consider, we ought to diagnose in our lives that could, the type of hearts that will be a hindrance to the work of God, but what we're going to find tonight is, is really a positive. This is the kind of heart we ought to all desire. And uh, we've been speaking a lot, obviously, the last couple of, the, during our missions conference and in, into this, um, this coming month, just an emphasis on the, the need for the world to hear of the gospel of Christ and the, the great commission. And, you know, there's, there's many things that we can talk about. Where there's many things that we could talk, talk through as far as some strategy, perhaps, on how to reach the world, some needy areas like the 1040 window. We could talk about the need of, of churches to open and the need for strong churches in our nation so that we can just be used of God to reach into the uttermost. And we could look at all of those and the many reasons why that perhaps isn't being achieved or why there's all these problems that we seem to encounter even going into the field. And we can talk a, a lot about all of those different Different, uh, different statistics and different reasons why. But I'll tell you what, what we need today, if we're going to see something done for the Lord, is just hearts that would be willing, a willing heart. We could talk about all of the talents that we have. We could talk about all the resources that we lack. We can talk about all of that, but it's got to start with a willing heart. And all God wants is a willing heart. And we're going to look at tonight just the diagnosing a willing heart, just understanding what that is, and then just, just perhaps conditioning our hearts. Because I just believe that if we're going to do something for the Lord in, our year, in this year and beyond, we're going to need to see some willing hearts who will just come on board. And so we'll pray, we'll ask the Lord to bless, and then we'll get into the message this evening. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity that we have to open your word tonight. And I'm so glad that on a Sunday evening, and uh, Lord, in this time, Lord, in this place, we can gather together and open your word. And Thank you, Father, that, Lord, we have the ability, dear God, to just, Lord, understand and know what it is that you would expect of us. And I pray that you would help us tonight as we open your word, that we would just glean from it and understand, dear Lord, just the kind of heart that you will use, the kind of heart that will, uh, Lord, will, will go and, and do what is, what is needed for the hour. And I pray that you would please bless our time as we open your word tonight. And we love you. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. You know, a preacher once asked a farmer a question, if you had 100 cows, would you give 50 of them to the Lord? The farmer answered, yes, of course. And he said, if you asked another question, he said, if you had 1,000 chickens, would you give 500 to the Lord? The farmer said, yes. And the next question was, if you had two pigs, would you give one? And the farmer responded, not fair, preacher, you know I have two pigs. You know, sometimes, sometimes our willingness 
it is dependent on really what we view as a fair price to pay. You know, God wants a people not only willing-hearted to get his will done, but a, a, a people who would be willing to pay the cost. And it's true that, that we should be people that are counting the cost, but we ought also to be a people that are, that are willing to pay the cost. And, and I, I believe there's a great need today of people that will diagnose themselves and see that there's a willing heart. You know, it's evident in the Bible that there are certain types of hearts. We've already spoken about that. We ought already know that we'll guard our hearts and that out of it comes all of the issues of life. But I believe that it's central to all of this is that we ought to have the kind of heart, like we see in, in the, the parable of the ground, that it's, it's good for the seed to be sown in. And I think if you study through the Word of God, that what kind of heart that is, it's just a willing heart. It's just a heart that is, is willing to, uh, to, to hear the need and hear the things that are needful for the work of God to continue and then respond to it. And we're going to see tonight a couple of symptoms or results of a heart that's willing. And, and here's what I want you to do tonight is just observe, perhaps as, you diagnose, as we diagnose through the Scriptures, if you have this heart, because that's the call tonight, is that, that we would just have a willing heart. And firstly, what we see about a willing heart is this, it's a heart that's, that immediately obeys God. Notice again, as we read through all of those different things that the call was for an offering of certain things that were needed for the the tabernacle and the work of the uh, of the of the priesthood there and what we see in verse 20 and notice here again and all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses you know they went ahead and they came everyone whose heart stirred him up and what we find is they, they didn't just linger a little while they didn't just, you know, pray about it in the sense of, you know, delaying, but they went and they were a people who were immediately moved into action. And the first symptom of a willing heart is an immediacy in obedience or a will to act. You know, too often when we can action what God commands us to do, there's a delay. And isn't it we tell our kids to delay is to what? Disobey. You know, I remember when, when the Lord really began to work in my heart about the call to ministry, and I, I believe at 16, God called me to, to, to the gospel ministry, and I didn't know what that meant, I didn't know what that looked like, but I remember God confirming some things at the age of 20, what, what I was supposed to, to do was uh, around pastoring, and I really, really feared that, actually. I, I was willing to go to the mission field. I was willing to be an evangelist, but the thing that I really didn't want God to call me to was pastoring. But I remember when God made it very clear for me, it was a youth camp, and I remember there just a sense there because I was, I was in the middle of going to university, and I didn't know what that meant, and I, I just was, had this dissatisfaction with, with university suddenly, and I remember God calling me to the ministry, and, and then I remember that first Sunday going to my pastor and just saying to him, so what's next? And there was a sense there of, of I needed to do this immediately. And, and you know, sometimes when we hear from God and sometimes when we uh, hear those things that we're supposed to do, here's what we do sometimes is we, we look for every which way to delay. We look for reasons why we can't. We look for reasons why we shouldn't go with, with what God is, is telling us to do. And we look for immediate excuses to delay 
what he's asking us to do. And to be willing is simply this, to be ready, eager, or prepared to do something without hindrance or constraint. That's what he means by a willing heart. You know, Jack Kyle said this, your faith level is determined by your obedience level. And so often, the, really, the, the, the evidence of a willingness is just an, an immediacy to obey God. And I wonder how we do that, you know, how, how we're doing with that, to, willing to obey even when it costs us. You know, the, the reality in, the, in our reading was this was something he was asking to give. And, you know, it, it, we, could, we could look at that and we could say, well, is this going to be one of those messages that's just going to focus on giving? But this, this was an act, that, this was a, a something that, they, that God was asking them to do. And it was a willingness to obey even when it cost them. And make no mistake about it, at times, we'll tell you, obedience to God will cost us. Obedience to God will mean that we let something else go and something that we could keep for ourselves, we're going to need to give to Him. And here we see that the people were commanded to go and, and, and offer an offering of materials for the tabernacle. It was needful, the specific things that God needed for the work. And these were things that they had uh, worked for, perhaps, they had saved up for, they had taken with them from Egypt, and they had carried these items, and no doubt they were going to be used uh, perhaps in their own mind for their future settlement. You understand, they were going to a, a land that they didn't know much about, and in their minds, perhaps even as God spoke to them about spoiling the Egyptians and taking all they can as they were leaving Egypt, in, in their minds they were thinking, well, this is for our settlement over in the promised land. And yet here it was on, on their journey as, as God revealed and God showed what they were supposed to do. Here they were being asked to, to pay something. It was going to be a cost to them. It was something that they needed to give up. And uh, we, we see over and over again in the, uh, in, in, the, in the dealings of God with His people that often He's going to ask for something of us. And it's going to cost us. We think about that in, in Isaac and Abraham. You know, as, as Abraham finally saw the son of promise come to be in his life, and then God tells him to go up to a mount to sacrifice, not something from his flock, not some, someone else. No, it was the very son that God promised. In fact, the most precious person to him in that moment. And God tells him to go. And, and, and so often, the willingness to sacrifice in obedience is really God's precursor to provide for us and bless us. Because what happened was, we understand in that story, that as, as Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac, there was a, God provided himself a lamb. God gave a ram in the thickets there to, as, as, as Abraham was ready to plunge that very knife into his own son's heart, God provided, and it was a, it was a precursor for God's blessing. And what we find even in the situation that these, uh, these people who were journeying through the wilderness found was as they were willing to give, and as they were willing-hearted, then God was going to use that to show His presence in their midst. 1 Samuel 15, 22, we know Samuel said, "...hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice." And to hearken than the fat of rams. And this was concerning Saul's disobedience. We, he, he said, well, I'm going to give all these things to the Lord. And yet he wasn't obedient. And, and we note that obedience, that's going to be the path to sacrifice. 
Willingness is, is really the exercise of obedience before it is the action of generosity. And we're going to see that part of it is generosity. But it's going to come through the, the thought of obedience, just, just simple obedience to God. God is not concerned then with our sacrifice so much as our response to Him. You know, you think about in the New Testament, you remember the, right, at the, right at the beginning of the, the church age there, we two, hear of two characters, Ananias and Sapphira. You know, they, they went and they sold their, their, uh, their, their lot and they lied about it, didn't they? They said they sold it for this much when actually they sold it for much more and they wanted to appear willing-hearted. They wanted to appear like they were being generous to the Lord's work. They wanted to appear that way. But what they were, they were firstly, they were disobedient. They had lied to the Holy Ghost. They, they gave for show when the reality was they were holding a portion back for themselves. And, and what it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a cost to them. It was just somewhat a cost to them. And what we find is, is those who are willing-hearted, firstly, will have an immediate obedience to God. And they, they were, they're willing to count the cost and pay the cost. And, and we're, we're, we're to be willing to obey even when it discomforts us. Even when it's uncomfortable. And, you know, loss always brings discomfort. When we give something of ourselves, there's going to be a level of discomfort. And I think this is the reason why obedience, when it costs us, is delayed. Because we don't want the discomfort. We don't want to suffer the loss. And this was no doubt a discomfort to the people. What, what were they going to do when they get to the promised land? What were they going to do to settle? And yet, they chose to obey nonetheless. And we ought to be that, that type of Christian and you know, too many times when we are supposed to obey, we delay. And what we find secondly about a willing heart is it's a heart that's stirred by God. We see again in verse 21, go back to Exodus chapter 35. And again, they came everyone whose heart stirred him up and everyone whom his spirit made willing. And what we find secondly is it's a, if you're going to have a willing heart, it's going to be a heart that's stirred up, that's stirred up by God. And we heard a little bit about that last week. You know, we can be stirred and not change. And again, we, we speak about the actions to it, but it's got to be one that's stirred. You know what stirred means? It means to be bothered. You know, it means to be provoked. There's a sense of pliability. There's a sense that, that you're willing to be disturbed. And often before God will bring us forward in, in what He would have for us in our lives, there's got to be disturbance and we've got to be willing to be disturbed. And, and I wonder if I can ask you this question, does God move you? Does He stir your heart or is it too hard to stir? When you see God's work and when you hear God's word and when you're around God's people and you hear the songs that testify of God's character and testify of God's power in others' lives, does it stir you? Do the things that we see around the, the need of the work and the need for there to be those who would just go along on the journey, does that stir you? Or is your heart hardened? Has your heart become unwilling? And you know what they, these people were? They were stirred by what they heard. And no doubt as Moses spoke these things, they, they were stirred by what they heard. And you know, so much of what God communicates to us is heard by ear and by heart. That's how it's supposed to be. You know, we might be here physically tonight hearing the, the words coming from the Word of God, but I wonder if you hear in your heart, and I wonder if your heart is stirred. 
You know, what do you, what do you choose to hear when it comes to times where there's a need presented or when there's things that, that, uh, that ought, to, uh, ought to be a, a, a priority in our lives, that ought to take some precedence in our life. And I wonder what we chose to hear and how we chose to choose to hear that. Do you listen for the still small voice of the Spirit of God that directs us? Or, or do we, are we only a willing heart when it doesn't cost us, when it doesn't bother us? You know, only a willing heart will admit to God's voice that it's them that He's speaking to. And you know what they were? They were stirred to what was needed. God brings us to needs, doesn't He? I wonder if needs stir us. I wonder if, if in our heart we get stirred by the, the needs that are presented. And you know how many times we, we sit and we listen to perhaps a, a missions prayer letter and you know how it is sometimes missionaries that they, they feel a little embarrassed to ask for something and when they do ask they they usually put it this way would you pray about this right but what they're actually saying is we have a need and i wonder if our hearts stirred enough to hear and listen for those needs you know they were stirred to what was needed and jack Hall said it this way he said if i and a need met God must have had in mind my filling it. You know, he, he had the, the, the mindset that if, if, if there was a need brought to his attention, then he was going to do his best to fill it. And, you know, how many times do we allow needs to come our way and we have the means to meet it and we just simply let it pass by? We simply let it just go by. And, and yet the Lord Jesus himself, he wasn't like that. In Matthew 9, 36 to 38, The Bible tells us, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. He says, pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And you know, the Lord Jesus, he was moved with compassion, moved enough that he willingly laid down on his life on the cross of Calvary. You know, we sung when we heard about that a little bit tonight. And I wonder if we would just be stirred. I wonder if we would just have that willing heart to be stirred. But you know what? A willing heart is one that responds also generously. And we see that. Look at verse 29 now. Notice verse 29, Exodus 35. He says, And the children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord. Every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work, which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. So they came and they, they brought the, the willingly the offering. And now look at chapter 36. Let's continue the story. Look at verses 5 to 7. And verse 4, All the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they made. And they spake unto Moses, saying, The people, notice this, bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment, and they caused it to be Proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much. What, a, what an amazing response by the people. That's how willing-hearted they were, that, that they went well beyond the actual need. They went well beyond the those things that, that he had asked for that we read about, all of those different materials that they needed, 
In fact, to the point where they said, you have to restrain them from, from bringing. You have to restrain them from, from all of that. You know what it was? It was a generous response. The willingness was so generous, they had to be restrained from giving more. In fact, the worker said it was too much. It was too much. And, and willingness is often seen in our generosity to aid God's cause. And we see that. Look at First Chronicles chapter 29. Look at 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Notice there with me. Now it's David here, and David had a heart to build the, the tabernacle, the, the temple of the Lord, and, and God told David, no, it wasn't his job to do that, to build, but he said, it's your son that's going to build it. But, but notice there, though, that, that David did something here. Look at verse 1. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. And notice his heart. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for the things of silver, and the brass for the things of brass, the iron for things on, on, of iron and wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones of diverse colors, and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. So notice David's heart. It wasn't his actual job to build it, but he was willing to prepare for the building of it. He was willing to prepare mightily so that Solomon can then see the work done. And notice the question he asked in verse 5, the gold for things of gold, the silver for things of silver. And then, who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? Notice that word again, willing. He's asking for those who would be willing to partner with him. And notice, now skip down to verse 9. Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. You know, they, they had a willingness to just aid the work, to, to aid the thing that God was doing. And, and this was the people responding with wholeheartedness. They were unhindered by the cost. They were willing to be generous to see the thing accomplished. And, and I think the most telling symptom of a willing heart is its generosity to give of self. You see, the action was always preceded by a heart to do it. And the, and the willing heart is only ever truly willing if there's a performance of that which was committed. It's not just good intentions. It was good actions that followed. And, and, it, and I'm saying tonight, this isn't just about money. It's also about an inward attitude to give ourselves to God. To give of ourselves. It's a complete giving over of ourselves for His use. And we see that, look at Second, Second Corinthians chapter 8. And we've already referred to this somewhat this, the last couple of weeks. But Second Corinthians chapter 8. And notice the, these people here now. And this is in our age, by the way, the, the New Testament. He says in verse 1, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy 
And their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. That's generosity. For to their power I bear record, and yea, beyond their power they were willing of themselves. Notice that again. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Notice they were willing of themselves. Notice that even though they didn't have much, the Bible is very careful to tell us that it was in their poverty that they were liberal. It wasn't that the fact that they had it in their hands. It was the fact that what they had, they were willing to give it over. Why? Because they gave themselves first to the Lord. And I'll tell you, the, 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 the times that we um, there's a hindrance to our, our, our willingness to participate and to perform the doing of it, it's often because we've not started with giving ourselves over to the Lord first. And that's the reason God, why God, in, in all of who He is, He was so willing to give His Son because really He saw the value. He, he loved us and we were dear to Him and He saw value in us even as His creation. And, you know, when we're generous, when we're willing of ourselves, it speaks firstly of what we value most. You know, often our gener generosity is contingent on, what ha on, on how we value something. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 6.21, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know what that is? The context is, is laying up treasures in heaven. And it's the tension between the temporal and the eternal and, and what we do. And how we respond. And, and what we value most. It really speaks of our surrender to God. In, in 1 Chronicles 28, in verse 9, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. You know, there, there's a correlation between a willingness of mind and a surrender to the Lord. And a willing heart is generous really in the giving of oneself for the service of God and nothing, nothing it ought to be off limits to God. It ought to be that we give Him all of us. It ought to be that we, we have this, uh, an understanding of how generous God has been to us and because of that we can be generous back to Him. That, that there's a willingness then to give of ourselves over to the Lord. and So those are the symptoms and really the the conditions of a willing heart. Now, what do we do about it? You know, I think one of the things that we ought to be mindful of is that we need to condition our hearts to be willing. You know, the natural tendency of man's heart isn't to be willing. It's to hold on to. It's to be restrained. And firstly, really, the, a, a willing heart is both hereditary and conditioned. Hereditary in this sense, it's got to be because God gave us a new heart. You know, when, we're, when we got saved, God gave us a new heart. When we got saved, He gave us His heart. And, and that, in that sense, as we've been born again, He gives us that from, a, from a, a, an inheritance point of view. We've been given that. But our responsibility is to keep it conditioned. You know, a willing heart has to be conditioned and and conditioning is based on how we're able to exercise and strengthen it. And, 
You know, too often our hearts aren't conditioned to be willing. We allow it to become hardened or hindered by, by, uh, by the lack of exercise toward the, those right things. In Luke 24, verses 24 to 27, the Bible says this, And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher, and find it even so, as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You, you read through and you, you look at the, the disciples who were with literally with Jesus, right? You imagine the things that they heard, the things that they saw of Christ. And yet when, when it came down to it, he had to again, right at the end, he had to again tell them all about him. He expounded him, uh, about himself in all the scriptures. Why? Because the Bible tells us they were slow of heart to believe. You know what it was, what we find even with those whom, whom the Lord worked with, there was a, they had to exercise themselves to willingness. They had to exercise themselves to that thing because the natural heart of man is slow to believe. And even though Jesus had revealed himself, they were slow of heart to believe. They had hindered themselves. Often he upbraided them about their unbelief and they were unwilling. They had to have their hearts reconditioned by the Lord. And there's some conditioning we can apply to help us have a willing heart. Firstly, we just need to make up our mind regularly about God. Look at the context. Look at Exodus chapter 34. Go back there, Exodus chapter 34. And notice the challenge that was given prior to this. He makes a covenant before all the people and he tells them to observe those that he commands. He tells them to take heed to themselves lest they, they, they make a covenant with others. And notice verse 14. It says, For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their gods, and do sacrifice unto their gods, and one call thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice. And thou take of their daughters unto thy sons, and their daughters go a-whoring after their gods. And make thy sons go a-whoring after their gods. He says, Thou shalt make no, thee no molten gods. And he's, he's challenging them about their, their loyalty and their faithfulness to the one true God. He's saying, Make up your mind about God. And the people had to make up their mind to whom it was that they, had, they were going to worship. And, and they previously demonstrated they were, they were willing to worship. In fact, they, they worshipped a golden calf. In fact, they went when, Mount, and when Moses delayed himself being with God in the mount. They broke off their golden earrings. They, they did all of that to melt it, to make it into their, an image of something that they wanted to worship. And so they all had the propensity to worship they just had to make up their mind whom it was that they were going to worship. And you know, you look around you, people spend ludicrous amounts of money on the things they want to worship. They, they're generous. People, people want to be generous to some, the thing that they worship. But, but so often it's about making up our mind who it, is that it, who it is that we ought to worship. And if we're going to have a willing heart, we need to make up our mind regularly about God. The Bible warns us in James 1.8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. 
And then later he says in chapter 4, verse 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. You know, making up your mind is simply this. It's denying all others and coming to choose God. It's a daily choice. It's a commitment that you will follow God. He says in Colossians 2, 6-7, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving, being established in what we know and who we know about God. And it's making up your mind. It's proving beyond a shadow of a doubt all arguments against God. And, and remember we, we saw in, in 1 Kings 18 last week about that how long halt ye between two opinions if God be God. And we ought to, in our minds, just daily just choose to recognize who God is. The challenge that he gave to Solomon was this, Know thou the God of thy father. And we ought to just make up our mind daily who God is. And then secondly, we ought to give joyfully of what we, we've been given at every opportunity. You know, the, the whole context of Exodus chapter 35, that willing heart, was, was just an offering unto the Lord. Give of what you have is, giving of what we have is the way we condition our hearts to be willing. You know, you may be thinking you don't have anything to give. But I will tell you, it's not the amount that you, you give that makes you a giver. Remember, Jesus looked at the lady with the two mites. And he said, she's given more than the Pharisee. Remember the lad with his lunch, the fishes and the loaves that fed 5,000? It's not the amount, it's our willingness. It's, it's that attitude to give. He says not grudgingly nor of, nor of necessity for God loveth a cheerful giver. And so it's actually our heart to give and our exercise to do that. In Luke 19, 17, he said unto them, unto him, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And it's if you're faithful in the little, you'll be faithful with much. And David had to mind the sheep before he could lead the kingdom and and, and that lad had to give of what little he had so that he can see the tremendous work that God could do in him. And, and I wonder if we, we give generously now. If our mindset is that, well, the, God has been willing and God has been generous to me, then, and then I'm going to be generous to God. I'm going to give of my time. I'm going to give of my labors. I'm going to give of my energy. I'm going to give of my, uh, my, my, uh, my finances. I'm going to give of, of myself to the Lord. I'm going to give of my, uh, myself to, to further the work that He's given in our time, in our day. And if you're going to condition your heart to be willing, you need to give freely with joy. That's what the Bible's saying. And then lastly, as we think about our willing heart, we need to exercise then our heart unto wisdom by practically serving. And we see that, look at, Look at chapter 35, again, verse 10. And every wise-hearted among you shall come, and then he says this, and make all that the Lord hath commanded. You know, he wasn't just simply asking for all this stuff. He was asking for the skills. He was asking for those that had the gifting and the talent. And, and, and what it was, he was saying willingness is equated to wisdom. He says that those who are willing-hearted are also wise-hearted. He asked those who were willing to give, but they were wise-hearted to then give of themselves. They were, their willingness came to its full potential. What it was, it was the doing of it. You know, it, it, 
there were those that, that, and we won't take the time, but there were those, Aholiab and all of that, that had the skills and God told them, God said, I gave them wisdom. They were wise hearted. And you know, there's, there's, there's all of the talent in the world. I, I just believe that the church has enough by God's giving as far as talent, as far as gifting spiritual gifts, the church has enough to win the world. The church has enough resources to, to be able to reach the world. But here's the thing, are you willing? Are you willing? Do we have a willing heart? Are you, are you willing to give of your skills? You know, I think there's, there's many gifted churches all around the world. I think we have a gifted church. I think, I think spiritual gifts abound here, and there's, there's those that are, are just so gifted that it just sometimes just makes me go, wow, what can they do for God? But you know, gifting, is skillfulness isn't, isn't all of it. Skillfulness must be partners with willingness. And all of us here, we have something to offer God, and you would just offer it to Him willingly. Offer yourself to the Lord. And I just think that, that then if we're going to see God do something great, we're going, to see, we're going to have to see a people who will just condition their hearts to be willing. You know, a way to condition your heart to be willing is just by doing right even if you don't feel like it. And the Bible court says it this way, deny yourself. And, and we need to empty our pockets of excuses at times. And we need to say, Lord, here's what I have. Here's who I am. Lord, I'm willing to be used. And I wonder if you've ever prayed that prayer. I wonder if there's ever been a time where you've just said, Lord, I'm willing. And I'll tell you, we're going to see a great deal if we would just be the kind of people who will have a willing heart. And what's your diagnosis tonight? We've covered many different hearts the last couple of weeks. I wonder if you just recognize again, I wonder if you, as we spoke about it, and you said, look, I see some of that. I want to, I want to condition that. I want to foster that in my life. Then I, want to, I wonder if you would just have a willing heart. I wonder if you would just be willing-hearted. And I pray tonight that you'll allow God to examine your heart this week. And then, then perhaps just daily that you would just give yourself over to be reconditioned by His Spirit. And, and I'm saying, let's be a, a people willing-hearted toward God. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for the time. And Lord, I know, dear God, that you see, Lord, who we are. You see our, the, the, the resources you've given us. Lord, you see, dear Lord, our, our, the spiritual gifts that you've gifted us with. You see, Lord, the experiences and the talents and the skills and Lord, you see, and you, in, in your wisdom, you, you're the one that sets every member in place. And Father, you've given us a great task. You, you've given us a city to reach. You've given us a country to reach. You've given us this world to reach with the gospel. And so often we pine about, Lord, just the, the lack. And yet I just believe, Lord, that you, you've already given us, Lord, all that we need. Lord, to... to to finish the work that you've called us to do. But I, I just know this, Lord, it just takes, though not all of that, it takes a willingness to give ourselves. It's a willingness to then meet the need. And so I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we, we head into 
the week. I pray that you'd help us to just have our hearts conditioned, Lord, to be willing, Lord, to, to immediately obey, Lord, in our willingness to then bestow those, the things of the things that we hear and see. And then, Lord God, that we would just have a heart that's willing, Lord, to see your work furthered, Lord, with, with a great generosity of our time, efforts, and our treasures at times, dear Lord. And so we love you, Lord. We thank you for your willingness and, Lord, your generosity to us. And I pray that you just help us then to correspond with that this week. And so we pray for your blessing upon the week in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name.